This morning, our scripture comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew. I'll be reading from the first chapter, beginning with the 18th verse. If you would please stand as you are able for the reading from the Gospel. Now, the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sin. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, this morning may the words of my mouth, indeed may the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, as we continue our series of the real, not fake, good news of Christmas with the real news of peace. Um, it, I just want to remind you, in case you didn't know, it's three days till Christmas, people. <laughs> just in case it was catching up on you. It's a great Sunday to talk about peace, I think. It is crunch time. And, and maybe instead of feeling that Christmas peace, um, you know, maybe more of you in here right now are feeling that full Christmas stress. <laughs> there are things to cook. There is family coming or that are already here. You may be leaving soon to get on the road to get to family. There's worries and stress <clears throat> and wrapping and cooking. Some of you may be feeling a little bit more like Amy Grant, <coughs> who wrote these lyrics. She said, I've made the same mistake before. Too many malls, too many stores. <coughs> Christmas, December traffic, Christmas rush. It breaks me till I push and shove. Children are crying while mothers are trying to photograph Santa and sleigh. The shopping and buying and standing forever in line. <coughs> Excuse me, what can I say? Excuse me. I need a silent night. <laughs> a holy night. To hear an angel voice through the chaos and the noise. I need a midnight clear. A little peace right here. To end this crazy day with a silent night. <clears throat> to hear an angel voice through the chaos and the noise. Don't we need sometimes this interruption by God into the chaos of our life to bring a little peace right here? That's what Joseph got. 
amidst the chaos and the noise of finding out that his beloved Mary, betrothed but not yet married, is now pregnant. In those days, the engagement or the betrothal period could be quite lengthy. Of course, back then, marriages were arranged, and often since early childhood. Girls, as I said last week, got married between the ages usually of about 12 and 14. The men were somewhat older, maybe over 20, old enough to have learned a trade so that they could support their family. Once you were officially engaged, it was legally binding, and it required a divorce to get out of it. And now, Joseph's wife-to-be is pregnant. The law, the Torah, requires punishment for the adulteress, public humiliation, or even stoning her to death. But the Scripture tells us something about Joseph. We learn that he is a righteous man. He is well within his rights to order that Mary be stoned to death for her apparent infidelity. What is the right thing to do? What is the righteous thing to do? Well, because Joseph is a righteous man, he does not choose to do what the law requires. He does not want to expose Mary to public disgrace. And so he plans to dismiss her quietly. Though the right thing, the legal or the just thing, would be to demand justice, Joseph chose compassion. He chose mercy. And finally, after making that decision, he goes to bed to go to sleep. My guess is it was a pretty fitful night's sleep. Sad that his marriage cannot be heartbroken at Mary's infidelity, maybe even some worries about what people in his small town might say when they find out that he took the compassionate way, not the right way, to end the relationship. Will they call him weak? Will they say that he just didn't have the backbone to do what should have been done to this obviously immoral woman? What looks will he get in the marketplace? from his so-called friends. But finally, sleep does come, and with it, a visit from an angel of God. And the angel says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You will bear, she will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. What words of unexpected peace. Do not be afraid. And what a turn Joseph's story suddenly takes, where Joseph had seen two choices, the lawfully correct way or the way of compassion because he was a righteous man. God introduces a third option. Marry the woman and trust God. Isn't that just the way that God so often works in our own lives, that, that he gives us options that we had never even dreamed of, and then ask us 
to trust him and to follow him. Surely, that must be the kind of peace that Paul meant when he wrote in Philippians 4, 7 of the peace of God that surpasses understanding that will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Scripture tells us that when Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife and had no marital relations with her until she had born a son and he named him Jesus. Now Joseph had already made the decision to be compassionate over being right. Now he follows God's directions to a place he had never even considered. He took Mary as his wife. He accepted the child, Jesus, as his own. And as he did this, he placed Jesus in the Davidic line, the line of ancestry from which the Messiah had been prophesied to come because ancestry was traced through the father's relatives. And then the name Jesus that he was to give him, that, that's a lot, a lot like maybe naming your child Joe or something very common. Jesus was a very ordinary name. And I think that maybe showed Joseph even then that, that God is known in the ordinary comings and goings of this life. Jesus was identified with the most ordinary people by having a very ordinary name. Now, we don't know what Joseph was feeling when he went to Mary and told her that he still wanted her for his wife and that he wanted her son to be his son. And we can only imagine Mary's reaction as she saw that indeed God had touched Joseph and given him peace about this wondrous miracle that she carried. Together, indeed, they would raise this child as their own, knowing that God had plans for him that would one day take him far away from them and their protection. But in this moment, Joseph experienced real peace in making this impossible decision to become the earthly father of Jesus and to raise him and to protect him as his own, there's nothing flashy in all this. As a matter of fact, Joseph has no spoken words recorded in Scripture at all. Just the example of a righteous man doing what he believed the Lord was calling him to do. Jesus, at the end of his life, he promised this real peace to his followers. He said, peace I leave with you my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. It's real peace that is available to us, Christ followers. It is not like the peace that the world promises. All too often in this world, peace in this world system is kind of like a brokered peace. You do this, I'll do this. Then we'll have peace between us. A peace that is somehow dependent on the fickle hearts of humanity. The world holds out a peace, or what is called peace. It's really just the appearance of calm. And, and somehow says that we can have that even when our hearts are full of anger or hate or mistrust. 
We think that we can experience peace even when our own words are arrows of pain for someone else. We want peace in our own lives while refusing to offer peace to those with whom we disagree or dislike. Because even more than peace on earth, we want to be right in our own eyes. Friends, that's not the way of Christ. That is not the way of the peace that surpasses understanding. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, unpacked the Lord's words when the Lord said, blessed are the peacemakers by offering a plain-spoken, no-nonsense definition of what it meant to be a peacemaker and that can be summed up in just two words, do good. Wesley understood that it is easy to do good with the, for those with whom you agree in those relationships where there is no conflict, the real call of God is to cross boundaries that divide you from someone else. And whether those conflicts are born out of a betrayal in your relationship or disagreements over politics or religion or differences in race or gender or age or any one of a number of barriers, we are still called to do good. And not just once in hopes that that will be enough, and not with the expectation that the other person will somehow reciprocate in kind, peacemakers do good all the time, in every way. That's what Wesley would argue. And Jesus gave us a model for being people of his peace by showing peace to others when he later taught the crowds, if you are offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go and first be reconciled to your brother or sister, then come and offer your gift. And again, when he taught, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And what about when they brought the woman who was caught in the act of adultery was brought before him and he refused to condemn her as was right, but instead invited any that were without sin to come and cast the first stone. And of course, no one did. Joseph had every right to choose to put Mary aside to shame her to harm her with words, and to even let her be stoned to death. Every appearance suggested that she had betrayed him and the sanctity of their relationship. But instead, he chose to do good. He set all his rights aside and chose instead to listen to God's words given to him through God's messenger. He was a man of peace. And he experienced true, godly peace. Might we also choose to set aside our own need to be right and to choose to be peacemakers this Christmas as we hear the angel 
voice through the chaos and the noise, do not be afraid. I am bringing you good news for all the people, for to you is born a Savior. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth. And may indeed the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let us pray. Holy God, Lord, we do confess to you that although we desire peace in our inner being, we often do not extend that same peace to others. Help us, O Lord, to not only experience your blessed peace this Christmas as we hear your voice telling us not to be afraid, but help us also to live as peacemakers extending your peace to others. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.